Welcome to the Detailing Down Under podcast, the place for everything auto detailing in Australia right now. Here's your host, Dale Guthrie. G'day and welcome to the Detailing Down Under podcast. I'm your host, Dale Guthrie. So we're back at it again. Um, another another pod, another week, which is good. Um, lots of good feedback um, from uh, my latest one and even the one um, from Jared as well, from recently from Platinum Auto Salon. Um, some good feedback. He spoke really well. Um, so that was really good. So um, today... You wouldn't believe it, we've got another Melbourne detailer, which is good. Um, we're loving them, and um, they're always good to help out and, and come on for a chat, which is even better. So um, got a, a got a really good one today. Um, we've got Steve from O'Connor Deta- Car Detailing um, down in Frankston. So good morning, Steve. Morning. How are you? Uh, not too bad. That's good. So, uh, yeah, thanks for coming on and making the, the time. Yeah, no, you're welcome. It's um, always good to be able to help out and you know, sort of talk about a few things in the industry. Mm. Yeah, no, and you, you've been around a little bit and it's, um, yeah, and I think some what I see online, it, it definitely shows you you're looking apart um, from your shop. That's that's for sure. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, we try to, try to uh, sort of make it as professional as possible. So, yeah. Yeah, no, it definitely looks like that. So how's things in... Um, down your way, business pretty good? Business-wise, it's good, yeah. We've um, got a reasonable flow of work coming in. I'm hitting my monthly targets, which is the main thing, um, or exceeding them. Um, so, yeah, so business is flowing flowing well, yeah. Yeah. Oh, nice. So, um, all right. Um, what got you into detailing, Steve? Where, and then where did you start your um, O'Connor car detail? How long ago was that? And ins and outs so what got me into detailing was i actually find it relaxing um i just enjoy getting out there you know you're sort of polishing a car or cleaning a car and it's just relaxing for me you know some people hate it some people love it i'm one of the guys that love it so uh it just made sort of a bit, a bit more sense to sort of channel work into that direction i guess um Started part-time in 2017, so I'm relatively new still, um, but not that that makes any difference. Um, basically, I started, it was quite funny how it actually started. It's, um, I, was, I just detailed my own cars initially, obviously. Uh, I've got a lot of cars, unfortunately, or fortunately. Uh, <laughs> currently, I'm at seven cars. Uh, five of them are black, so... All right. <laughs> Yeah, I know, bit of a nightmare, but anyway. Um, but, yeah, it's it happened just sort of, well, detail my own cars, and then there was a, a lady posted on the local page, local community page, in regards to wanting a car detail, and the neighbour over the road actually well, kind of dobbed me in. <laughs> so, <laughs> Go see this guy. He, he he looks after his cars really well, and um, you know, talk to him. And that was pretty much my first ever paid detail job. Um, 
previous to that, I had sort of you know, wanting wanting to learn how to detail properly. Um, like everyone, you start out washing your own car and thinking you're doing the right thing and finding out that what you're doing is all wrong when you go and talk to someone that knows how to actually wash a car, um, which is where Dan from Detail Central came in. So I went and met, met with him and chat, chatted with him with the products and um, we sort of got talking and then, yeah, from there it sort of led to me buying a $99 buddy DA from Super Cheap, polishing my own car with that. Uh, took a took a while, but we managed to do it and got got good results. Um, so yeah, that's sort of where it all sort of started to sort of take off. Yep. And what what were your other professions before detailing? Did you have a, obviously a side gig? Well, detailing was a bit on the side, and then you had any other work in between? Yeah. So initially, like I'm a tool maker by trade. Oh. Yeah. Um, and then from there, I went into uh, timber flooring. So I was laying timber flooring. Uh, sanding and polishing, that sort of thing. Uh, I was a supervisor for that for quite many, for quite a few years, for 13 years. Um, finally got sort of sick of that trade, uh, pulled out of there and went into being a, a, a gym instructor okay. part-time and working at Coles, stacking shelves at night part-time. So those two jobs were sort of mainly, well, one was early morning, one was night time. Uh, freed up the day to do things during the day, basically. Um, I thought at the time was going to private school, so one of the jobs was paying for her to go there. The other job was just you know, paying bills, basically. So then, yeah, the detailing side, that's when I had a bit more free time during the day to sort of detail, um, which allowed sort of that part-time sort of gig going. Um, then... You know, you get the, uh, like everyone, you do the part-time gig because you've got a couple of, well, you've got two part-time jobs or one part-time job bringing in an, an actual income to pay for things. And then you've got the, the detailing on the side where you're getting cash. So the cash side of it was sort of going for all the toys and the going, you know, being a bit sort of lavish with money sort of thing. <laughs> um Because you didn't have to claim for that because you were getting a wage from the other jobs. So... The tax department didn't really have to know about that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> edit that bit out if you want. <laughs> no, that's fine. What they don't um, know, they don't know. No, that's it. So, yeah, so that's basically how it sort of started out. Like everyone, it, it just becomes, you know, you start off doing part-time on the weekends or whatever, get that extra bit of cash and you've got that cash to spend and, and you know, sort of do things with. Um, from there, it, it sort of it was on the back of my mind of wanting to do it full time because I was really enjoying it. But you also had that little monster in the back of the head saying, you know, this is a, a big gamble. If you do it, where's the money going to come from? You know, are you going to have enough work to do it? So yep. there's always that little thing in the back of my head. But um, eventually I, I'd, I'd saved enough money. Um, basically, I had eight grand sitting in the account and I wanted to invest it into something. And that's my daughter was going to school when she was going to school at the time. One of her friends, her, her dad was a very good businessman, uh, very knowledgeable. Um, so I got talking to him, became good friends with him over a bit of time. And then I had this money and I went up to him one day and I said, Pete, 
I've got eight grand, what can I invest in? And his first words out of his mouth was invest in yourself. Hmm. And I've gone, okay. And he said, buy this book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, read it and see what you think, go from there. So went out that day, same day, went down the shop, bought the book, went home. I'd be in the gym, meant to be instructing and sitting down and watching other people. I was reading this book the whole time. <laughs> every time I every time I had a chance to sit down, I kept reading this book and going through it. Um, and just learning from that, just some basic stuff about you know school and life basically. Um, and then yeah, he then I found out he was actually a business coach. Yep. So knowing and I've been contemplating with business coaches, you know, thinking is it a good idea, not a good idea? Who do you trust? Who don't you trust? Because there's so much garbage out on social media with people being so-called experts and, you know, they've got no life experience themselves, yet they want to try and teach others how to how to do it. Yep, um, so, yeah, Pete is the real deal. He's been there. He's done that. He's had businesses, good businesses. He's had bad businesses. He's, you know, got a lot of money, lost money, got it back. He, he knows his stuff. So um, I thought, well, you know what, this is a good place to start with him. And as I said, I know him quite well um, as a friend as well. So that sort of really sort of put things in place. And having to, the other thing was, you know, obviously I have to pay him to, to be my business coach. So that was another expense coming out of money I was making. And at the time my wife's like, well, can we really afford to do that? And I said, well, can we afford not to do that? Mm. <laughs> because if I don't do it, where am I going to be in a few years' time? You won't have any money. Yeah. I'll be doing the same shit over and over and over again. Mm. So, um, yeah, for me, it was, it was a very good investment. Yeah. And that's what I, I've heard a lot with mentors and coaches and stuff on the pod and even outside of the pod, but... Yeah, and that's why I thought I'd touch on it today. Like, how do you, obviously you spoke how you found them, but yeah, what benefits have they got? And um, and yeah, how, do they, how else do they help you along the way? So a good business coach will guide you. They won't tell you how to do it. So you've got to still put the work in, um, but they will guide you and encourage which direction you should be going, but they're not going to do the work for you. So um, it makes you accountable for your own actions. Um, like he'll, I've got, you know, we set set a vision, a three a three year plan basically. Um, but within that three year plan, you're you're doing little eight week plans to get to that three year plan. Um, so yeah, you're setting yourself little goals. You're setting yourself. If you reach those goals, you're giving yourself a reward for that reaching that goal at the end of the, the eight weeks or whatever. Yep. And you know, th those goals could be as simple as going out for dinner with your wife or going for a ride or whatever. It doesn't have to be a big shiny object to buy. Yep. It can be something little, but it's something you're working towards and that's your reward for it. Um, but yeah, so we're going through all the different stages and, and you have your vision. My vision was initially, uh, so I started out of my garage initially. Yep. 
like most people do. I've never done mobile detailing. Um, it wasn't something, a path I wanted to go down because of the variations of weather conditions and whatnot. And yep. I'm, I'm very set in my way of, I like to know what I'm walking into when I'm doing something. So when I started out at home in my garage, that was a little bit sort of hard because I'd, I'd be washing the cars out the front initially um, and then bring them into the garage and then detail them. Um, so if it was raining outside, then I was a little bit stuck in that situation. Then after about, I think, what was it? I think about it, nine months to a year, I think I was working out of the garage. Um, I decided I needed to build a workshop out the back. So I was talking to Pete, you know, or basically before then was I was talking to Pete and we we're going through it and say, so, okay, if you want to do that, this is what we need to do to achieve that goal. Um, so we managed to do that, save the money, did what we had to do and drew some money out and whatnot. Put a workshop out the back, put, that was about what I spent on that, 30K to set that up. So I was yep. build a, a 100 square metre workshop. Um, and within that workshop, I built a full on little detail bay, all the lights, you know, hoists, everything in there, air condition, climate control, the whole lot. Um, and that was just a, a big step from, obviously from being in a garage to go into that. I had a pergola out the back, which is still there, obviously, and I'd wash under the pergola, so I was a lot more protected from the weather. Yep. Um, and so, yeah, and, and the, my workshop set up out the back was still pretty impressive for, for you know, for most detail places out in, in a factory even. That's still quite impressive with what I've done there. Is that what um, you've got now? Is that where you're at? No, no, I'm in a factory no. now. Yep, yeah. Um, so... Yeah, basically that was my first step to sort of go more upper level to, to what I wanted to do um, and to, to sort of be more on a professional basis rather than just working out of a garage. So, what, what was um, the reason for building a garage for a shed at your property rather than just go out and get a, a fixed location probably where you are now? Uh, so, yeah, back then it was... I wanted to do that. I wanted to get a factory. Um, yep. My business coach said no. Yep. Basically, uh, he said you're not you're not making enough money to do that. That's and that's where enough. business coach is is good. If a good business coach will direct you and and tell you this is what you should or shouldn't do. Um, you know, you, I'll come up with the the idea of you know the harebrained idea of I want a factory. And he goes, okay, sit down, do your figures. Mm. So you go through the figures. And he'll look at it and he'll go, you're not ready to go into a factory, you know? Um, so, yeah, so that's where business coaches are really handy because a lot of people will just jump into it and mm -hmm. have no idea what's going on. So, yeah. Uh, and then within that, he said, look, do it my way and within three years you'll be in a factory. And sure enough, within three years, I'm, I was in within a factory. So, wow. yeah. yeah. That's pretty cool because you you obviously put a lot of trust into this. Um, what was his name again? Pete. Pete, yeah, you obviously trust Pete a fair bit to though, yeah, I, I'll do that. I'll spend 30K on this shed, 
do that and then later on um i'll do that as well and then so it's like you could have said no nah, stuff peter you don't know i'll just come straight out to a shop so exactly yeah so, yeah, and, yeah and that's the thing like i mean i i built the shed i built it during COVID. Oh, yeah. so yeah it was during that period where you know people were losing jobs and everything else and and i was still having work coming in i was you know regular work it was going well um i was making good money reasonable money for being at home um i was doing quite well so it's sort of yeah having that workshop set up there i mean i've still got it set up there now so i've got my my own cars in there and that at the moment but, i was going to um, say it would have would have paid off in the long term to have a big shed exactly. for all your cars that you want well, that and yeah, so I've got the double garage and the shed, and they're all full of my cars. So, <laughs> plus the cars, plus a couple of cars I've got at my workshop as well. So, it's um, yeah, it's a bit crazy, <laughs> but anyway. No, that's that's a good story. Um, so how did you get onto Pete again? How how do you, how do people just? Is there like a a website we can find business coaches? Or how to how did yeah, so Pete, yeah, Pete, Pete's, he's on Facebook. Um, he's called the the Cash Mechanic. If you wanted to look that up, um, so yeah, he puts horsepower into your business. Basically, that's his. his Peter, Peter Wrench is his name. Yep. Um, and yeah, so the sort of the wrench side of it, you know, being on the tools, sort of that's sort of where the Cash Mechanic came from. That sort of name. Um, the the actual program. Funnily enough, he actually built it off my business. Yep. Is the particular program that we're doing. Um, so, yeah, I was the first one actually. He said, Look, I, I want to start a new program and I want you to be the, the guinea sort pig. Of the guinea pig, basically. Yeah. So, yeah, that sort of came about as so a lot of it's modeled off him and I working together to get to where we are now. So, yep. but I mean, he's got other business models that he that he does with his um uh, coaching businesses um but yeah so the cash mechanic is more sort of trades orientated so yeah and you have you have to qualify to get in with him as well it's not just a matter of ringing him up go hey pete i want to i want you to be my business coach and he'll just go well i'll send you information you know go through it tick the boxes whatever I'll go through it and see if we're a fit or not. Mm. Um, if he thinks you're not the right fit, he goes, I can't help you. Yep. So, no, that's that's interesting. So, yeah, no, thanks for thanks for that. That's all right. So how, how long have you been in, in your current um, fixed location now? Uh, so I took the factory over nearly a year ago. So it'll be a year ago, the end of October. Uh, took me three months to build the place, so I've actually been operating out of it since the start of March. So, yep. yeah. Was it just a vacant um, sort of warehouse shop? So yeah, it's just a. It used to be a um, auto alec that was in here, oh, yeah. and it had a crappy little office area, and just it had like a little rabbit warren as you walked into the, the front door. Of just all these, like there was a, an area of say six by seven with seven doors in it. It was just doors everywhere. It was just tiny and it was just shit and that was terrible. So 
I sort of walk in and so the factory was the right size I was after. Um, I wanted a decent sized factory to do what I wanted to do. Um, I wanted to be a bit more unique to what everyone else has got. So I found a factory that's 350 square meters. Um, rent is good, nice, nice and nicely priced. So that sort of that was a bonus. Um, and yeah, my my idea of what I wanted to do and what I've achieved is exactly what I wanted. So sort of it's worked out well. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's it's definitely in, um, impressive. So you obviously got a couple of bays there that you can shut off. Um, yes. Yep. So I've got two detail bays set up, both on automatic uh, roller doors, uh, lines that come down. So they're um, climate controlled in there for when we're coding and stuff. Um, I can shut them out, shut them down uh, overnight and have the climate control on and know that the temperature is going to be the same temp through the night. I'm not going to have any issues with cold weather, that sort of thing. When I'm coding, same thing. It's as Jared, I heard Jared's last night, uh, he was talking about, you know, when it's colder, you've got to wait a bit longer for the curing. And mm. I've got the advantage where I don't have to wait. It's all, you know, everything's, I can set to what I want. So yeah. that side of it makes it a bit easier. Um, I've got a, showroom that i built here so for me i wanted something that people would walk in and it'd be an experience for them not not just a service mm. so they walk in my door currently i've got a ferrari in the showroom um which is a customer's car uh and they, they sort of lay it up over winter time they don't really drive it much so they said look yeah you want to detail it throw it in the showroom go for it so that's what we've done um, that'll be going out soon, and I think I'm getting a Suzuki Jimny coming in, a brand new one for sale. So we're going to set up a little, a little thing in here to, to sell that. So that won't be here for that long, but it'll be something different and cool, you know. Just yeah, mixing bit, things up, bit mixing, of, um, mixing it up, yeah. Bit of a downgrade from the Ferrari. Oh, just slightly, yeah, but. Um, <laughs> Yeah, look, we're going to make it a bit of a fun sort of thing that people can walk in and go, oh, that looks pretty fun. That looks cool, you know. Yeah. Um, uh, I've got a little AC Cobra, three-quarter scale AC Cobra set up there for PlayStation. Oh, yeah. Um, so the guys, you know, lunch break, they can jump on that if they want to have a bit of a play for the lunch break. Um, it's, I, I wanted to make it so that it's fun for everyone to come here. You know, customers come in or clients come in and they walk in and they're just like, wow, this is a nice looking cool place. Um, got a nice couch there. Um, the guys that work for me, they can come in, same deal. That they, they enjoy coming to work. Mm. You know, um, they've got something to look forward to. If they want to jump on the PlayStation, I've got a 70 inch TV they can watch during lunch break. It's, you know, it's set up for them as well, not just, not just me. So. And that's how it is. You got to make it, yeah, good for your yeah, um, your own workers as well, and yeah, then definitely. make them want to come to work. Then, um, that mural you got on the wall, the painting, where did that come from? It's actually the, wallpaper. Oh, yep, the, the baguette. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, it's actually wallpaper. Uh, so that was something my daughter found online um, from a place in China. Yep. So yeah, she showed me, and I've gone, yeah, that looks pretty cool. So. Mm -hmm. We emailed the guys and um, said, "Look, this is the size I want. I want. I want to see 
a proof of it first before I order it because make sure the quality's right. Uh, so they sent me a proof of the sizing. The quality was there, so I was going, yeah, cool, let's buy it. So wow. I sent that out, and then I just had a guy come in and, and put it up for me, a wallpaper guy, because I've got no idea how to wallpaper. <laughs> so I just got some guy in to do that for me. So Yeah. And was your um, business coach with you away with building and the costing side of it? Uh, Budget-wise, so it was up to me to sort of work all that out. Um, I did blow my budget. I think I can most imagine. people most people do blow their budget. I don't know anyone that hasn't blown a much budget when they've gone into a factory or even the house or whatever. It doesn't matter what it is. You always blow your budget. Um, so, yeah, so I did blow it. I expected I was going to go over. I went over probably a bit more than I expected I wanted to, um, purely because of cost of material went up through COVID. Um and labour costs, some of the labour costs I wasn't expecting to be as high as it was due to the amount of work that had to be done, basically. So, um, but yeah, there, there were things that I should have probably fine-tuned a little bit more in my budget. But at the end of the day, it didn't matter. I, I came through and got everything done anyway. So I didn't have anything. Well, on my, I had an open day and I wanted to make sure everything was done for that open day that, I wasn't missing anything uh, that people would walk in and go, oh, well, that's unfinished or that's not finished or, you know. Um, the only things I didn't have up was I, had, I put two airlines up in each side of the detail bay. I didn't have those hooked up, but no one's going to know that. You know, that was a that was done a week later. That was you know, not a big deal. So Yep. Because <clears throat> you're yeah, talking hidden costs. I know um, from last week's pod with um, Michael, he... Um, he thought he was all good, and he being the counter, he had his numbers in check, and then he um had to throw in a thirty k um, wash bay <laughs> to um, not let the water go down the storm drain. So yeah, well that's it. It's um, yeah, like I've got the you had to install the um, triple interceptor, so that I had some of the plumbing there already because the previous um. <sighs> not the previous guy, the previous guy before that, they, I don't know what they had in here, but they had a triple interceptor set up for something or other. So it had the plumbing to go into the sewage was, was sitting there. Uh, they ripped out for some reason, I don't know why, they ripped out the interceptor and filled it in. <laughs> don't know why, but anyway, so I've had to, you know, cut my own one in and, and get that all done and then just plumbed into there. So, so for me, I think that budget there was about 13 grand to set up. Yeah, so it wasn't too bad, yep. but you know, you, you're talking thirteen grand investment there as opposed to a hundred grand fine. Mm. I think you know, I know what I'm going for. So yeah, yeah, money well spent. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, your business services these days. So what what do you what do you got going on on daily? So for me, I don't really do just washes. Um, I've, for me personally, I think it's a lot of a lot of time to spend to get money. In the sense of, I do pre-sale details, full details, paint corrections, and restorations. So, like a full resto on a car, top to bottom polishing, the whole thing. Um, ceramic coats, obviously. Um, that's 
my sort of area that I'm working working in. That's my business model. Uh, washing cars. So basically, if you look at say to to do it. A ceramic coat, for instance, you get a good margin in, in profits out of that. Mm. I can spend a day doing a ceramic coat, or I could spend a day doing eight eight cars car, car washes, and and got get like a third of the cost of what I would for a, a ceramic coat. But I'm working harder, washing eight cars, stopping and starting, you know, changing the whole thing as opposed and products, costs of products, water. You know, the whole thing to wash a car as opposed to doing one car. Mm. So I sort of more focus on that. I do wash cars from time to time, obviously, for clients. Um, but also my car washes are quite expensive because, well, it's what I charge. It's just, yeah, it was, you know, it takes, you, it takes me an hour to wash a car. So you know, I'm charging 130 bucks. Not many people want to pay that. That's fine. That's sort of, you know, that's where I'm at. If you want me to wash it, that's the time that it takes me to do it, and that's what I charge. Um, I don't sort of go into competition with anyone. In you know, I'm not going to do a sixty dollar car wash because I'm never going to make money. I'll lose money. It just yep. doesn't make sense. So, yeah, no, I, I agree. I'm in similar boat at the yeah. moment, trying to not say no to them, but yeah, try and steer away and and focus on the coatings and the corrections and the, and the PPF. So that's sort of. And I had one in yesterday that sort of takes mine and not a sort of just a quick in and out two hour wash and vac. I sort of spend a fair like five hours on them. So, and for the money, yeah, like you said, it's easy just to do a coating and um, less hard on your body. And yeah, day in, day out, I couldn't do it. And um, that's where, like, we start doing all that where you, where you grow from and then you move exactly. into what you really want to do and what, you, what you're good at as well. So, exactly. Exactly. Do you, is that you are priced? Obviously, that's sort of the other thing I'm working on at the moment, pricing accordingly for that, bit and sort of pricing up in in a way to, to steer him away from doing that. Is that is that another thing as well? Yeah, basically, yes. Um, as I said, because for it to work, you need to be charging quite a bit of money, mm. um, and like mobile detailing again, that'd be even harder again. Because you know, like they're traveling from one place to another. Like I know Jared does it quite a lot. Um, sort of doing a lot of traveling, and you, you do the job. And as he as he said last night, when I was listening to his one last night, you know, it's easier for him to go to a job where he's doing a few cars for a customer. Obviously, that's that's the better better way to go about it, as opposed to going to one place to one car. Then you've got to drive another you know, 30 minutes or whatever, another direction to do another car. Then you're over. So there's a lot of wasted time mm. in the car and, and where you're not making money and you're spending money because you're driving to and from places as well. It's costing you money. Um, so that was another reason why I didn't want to go down the mobile path um, and, and do that. Also, like I said, with the weather, weather conditions, it's too unpredictable for that side of it for, for me. For other yeah, guys, yeah. it works for them. That's fine. But for me, I'm very yeah, structured. As I want to know what I'm walking into. I don't want any hidden surprises. <laughs> Especially in Melbourne with their weather, as we said. Oh, yeah. All right. Yeah. So um, how many um, 
how many employees you, you got running there at the moment? I've got one guy at the moment. I had two. I've cut one back. Um, purely because, well, basically, I sort of, I was on the tools, obviously, when I started out on my own. I was on the tools 100% of the time. Um, that takes a lot of focus off trying to generate more work. Um, so then I put a guy on and things picked up. So then I put another guy on and, you know, again, you've got all the other hidden costs with employing people as well. So, um, yeah, I had them on and then I was hitting my monthly targets, which is fine, but I wasn't, I was probably only about 20% on the tools while they were both here. Um, which freed up a lot of time for me to do other things, which is great. But my profits were sort of down a little bit, mm. obviously, because I'm paying for a, another guy to work. So the other guy ended up going away on holidays for a couple of weeks. And we actually ended up having a bit of a quiet period while he was away. And um, then it picked up while he, while he was away. for the, Well, the first week was a bit quiet. Then it started to pick up a little bit. And uh, we're still managing to do the work. I was on the tools a little bit more. Currently, I'm doing about probably 50% on the tools. So it still allows plenty of time for me to do other things I need to do. Um, and we're doing just as much turnover now with the two of us as I was with the three of us being here. And I'm not losing... Um, yeah, I'm not losing as much money. I'm, I'm, you know, making more money. So just for me being on the tools, you know, sort of half the time is, is what I would be. So yep. it sort of made more more sense. I mean, business is all about trial and error. Um, it was great having two guys here because it freed up pretty much my whole day to do business, other business stuff. Um, but, yeah, it's sort of from a, a growth point of view, it kind of looks good, but in retrospect, it's not the best option. So to cut back that one person and still be able to do the same amount of work with me being on the tools a little bit more is, is a much better, smarter option. Yep. And you, you talk about your, <clears throat> your targets each month. Have you obviously got your certain amount? Um, does it go up or does it go down each month or how, how does all that sort of work? No, so, so I've got, as far as team goes, so team is very my team is actually quite big so i've got everyone thinks team is just who works for you uh, in in the workplace but it's actually all well, my business coach uh, bookkeepers accountants financial advisors marketing sales um yeah there's that's all part of my team i've got a heap of people in different areas um that deal with all that sort of stuff so so bookkeepers i've got Basically, well, it's one company, but they have um, three different people that look after me, and they're all specialised in their own little field. So I've got one that looks after my KPIs each month, each week. Um, so they keep track of my, my budgets and targets, um, how much I'm spending, how much I'm making each each week. Um, another one that keeps keeps on track of taking care of wages. So they specialise in that sort of side of things. Um, and you've got probably 
as soon as you start employing people, it's a whole new kettle of fish again. You know, you've got work cover you've got to pay for, you've got um, super that comes out of your money, doesn't come out of anyone else, it comes out of your money. Yep. Um, you know, there's so many other things that you've got to take into account, OH&S and just, you know, people think it's, oh, yeah, I'll just put someone on and, you know, it's easy, but it's, yeah, it's, a, it's another whole game again. Um, then, yeah, like marketing, I'm sort of more focusing on marketing myself at the moment. That's I do a lot of try to do a lot of like videos and that sort of that sort of thing um, to get my face out there because people like to see who's who's behind the business. Um, I think that generally that helps get work as well from what I've seen. Um, photos and those sort of things. I've got my daughter; she she takes care of that. So she comes in and does a lot of the photos and the social media side of it. I, I just sort of leave that up to her. I'll do a couple of little posts here and there, but she does most of the, the social media side of it for me. Um, being young, she knows what she's doing. I'm just sort of, you know, yeah. I'll just post something up and go, oh, yeah, okay, I think that's right. And she'll look at it and she goes, that's crap, Dad. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> so, well, oh, okay. Well, here you go. You sort it out. So she does all that. Um so yeah, so there's there's a, a big team sort of that, that people don't sort of realise, you know, behind the scenes. They just think, oh, your team is only who's who's working there, but it's not. So No, that's that's a good way of putting it, because yeah, we I think we all um as a business owner you, you sort of have to wear many a lot of hats these days with marketing, sales, yeah, <clears throat> um, doing the work. And then you've just got to know and this is the thing with the business, my business coach, he, he's big on what are you good at? You do that. Mm. What's, what, what, do you, what else do you need done? And employ someone that is good at that because they're going to do it a lot better than what you'll ever do it mm. at half the effort, half the time, half of, you know. Um, like I could spend hours and hours going through trying to do my KPI report. They spend like two minutes and I go bang 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 send it to me and I can read it and it's like it's there in front of me and going oh, okay this is this this is this you know they, they educate you on how to read the KPI and, and what it's all about um I don't know if anyone knows what KPI means but it's key performance indicator yep, yep. some people might not know I don't know yep. um but that just helps give you a guide as to how, how the business is traveling um budgets I've got the another yeah the bookkeeper we put budgets in place so I know each month is my budget's the same every month, so I know my my monthly target that I need to hit. If I exceed that, then fantastic. If I'm a bit under, then I know I'm missing something somewhere. I need to pick it up. So, yeah, it, it just helps helps business run smoother, and and you feel more at ease knowing where you're at, as opposed to working day to day and thinking. Oh, what bill have I got to pay, or how am I going to pay that, or what am I going to do? Mm. Yeah, no, very nice. It's a lot of a lot of gold here for anyone starting out or running a small business already. It's um, a lot of good good advice there. So thanks, Steve. Um, what would be your challenges day in day out? Do you have too many? Uh, I mean, everyone has challenges, I suppose. It is well. This month, my challenge is is just probably just trying to make my monthly target. This month, I'm probably just just under at the moment. 
um, which is fine, but um, that's purely because I'm at the moment I'm getting a lot of wash, wax, and interior details this month for some for whatever reason. I don't know. I've just been bombarded with wash, wax, and de and interior details. So that's probably my base sort of service that I do. Yep. Um, oh, well, actually, my base service would be just an interior full interior detail um and then my next one is the wash wax and interior so i'm doing a lot of a lot of that at the moment this month i think everyone's just getting ready for spring i guess i don't know yep uh few ceramic coats i've got a I've currently got a, a vk mini um in here at the moment which is a tribute car yep i've got that for however long I need it, probably a couple of weeks, I guess. I'll have that here for uh, going through that one, a top to bottom detail. It's, it's like it's been fully re rebuilt, restored, repainted, but it just needs refining. Everything yep. just needs, and then we're going to ceramic coat it. Um, so I'll spend yeah quite a few number of hours on that one. Uh, yeah, a couple of ceramic coats next week to do. Um, yeah, so generally, yeah. I hit targets or exceed my targets, no problem. This month, yeah, it's just a lot of wash waxes this month. and um, But, yeah, that's fine. And does that all equal into a to the year total or into financial year total, you Raymond to achieve? Oh, uh, yeah. It yeah. all links so, back to that, yep. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I, my, my yearly business is I, I count on only, say, 46 weeks of the year, not, not 52. Yep. So, I mean, you've got, well, it actually works out a bit less because you're taking out. So, well, I work six days a week. Um, so, every Sunday off. Um, and then you've got, yeah, public holidays and all those sort of, you know, Christmas and those sort of things that come in. So, yep. yeah, you sort of sit around some 45, 40, or 40, even 44 weeks for the year of, of what you want to earn and the target you need to make for that, that period. So, you've still got that leeway. Of, of time of, of weeks where you, you know you could put more work in if you want but um but yeah yeah no nice um <clears throat> all right so what are you um what products and what what coatings are you using down there so again you'll be surprised angel wax yeah <laughs> so dan at detail central is the man to go to for um for all that sort of stuff i started off with well, like everyone, I guess, you, you sort of go to super cheap or whatever and you, you buy the Maguires and, you know, you think you're buying the right shit and you go home and you, you polish your car and it looks great and then it rains and it all falls out because it's all full of fillers and everything. You go, well, where do all those scratches come from again? It's like, oh, shit, got to do it again. Um, so then when I spoke to Dan and he said, look, yeah, start using this stuff and, you know, like, you're going to see a massive difference. So, okay. So I got into the Angel Wax products. Um, I've been using them from day one since I started the full proper detailing. Um, and yeah, I stick, I suck with it because I'm, I know the product. I'm so used to using it. I haven't really tried any other products. I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of other good products out there that to use. And I've, I mean, I do watch a lot of YouTube videos on, you know, to, to educate myself as well. Uh, if people think you can't learn from YouTube, well, you certainly can. Uh, there's a lot of good information out there if you look in the right place. Um, 
but yeah, so I, I just sort of stuck with that. I use NanoSkin as well. He has NanoSkin products. So there are a lot of, you know, a lot of good uh, for inside cleaning products. Um, I'll use that. What else? So yes, yeah, so Angel Wax and, and, the, that, and a bit of Kamikaze. Um, they're about the main ones I use. I don't really go out of that, that structure. Yep. I think I mentioned on my last one that yeah, Dan he gets a lot of a lot of business from you boys down there. Yeah, well, look, is is it the good thing with Dan is, and and what I found with this industry is, you, I mean, I know Glenn quite well as well. Uh, I used to send, well, still do occasionally send work his way. If I'm a bit busy, I'll still send work his way. Uh, but I know he's quite busy as well, so he sort of. Yeah, says, oh, look, you know, I can't do it either. So, but it's sort of, yeah, when he was mobile um, back in the earlier days, um, I I was talking to Jared and Jared said, oh, look, you know, Glenn's, Glenn does pretty good work as well if you need to sort of send work that way. So cool, no worries. I'd send, you know, quite a number of times, send a bit of work to, to Glenn. And then I hadn't actually met the guy, but I'd, I'd messaged him over, Facebook and Messenger and, and spoke to him and, and whatnot. And then, uh, yeah, when I built my workshop at home, he came down, had a look, and we had a good chat. And it was something he wanted to look at doing as well, building, you know, getting into a workshop, and which he which he has now, which is mm. literally just around the corner from DC, actually. He's, he's lucky. He's like <laughs> literally a stone's throw away from the place. Um, I'm about half an hour away. Um, but, uh, yeah, he... Yeah, he's a good bloke and you know we got on well and with between him jared uh you know we'll talk and i'll see i'll drop into glenn every now and then when i go past dc i'll have a quick chat with him and, and whatnot um but yeah the, the culture with us is quite good you know we'll sort of chat we'll discuss things sometimes um try and help each other out a little bit um but it does i think the industry does lack people wanting to help others in learning. Mm. Um, for some reason, a lot of detailers think that, well, whether it's ego or whatever it is, I don't know, but they think, you know, if they can do something and, and they think they're better than everyone else and they don't want to show someone else how they've done it, mm. you know, like, why? There's that much work out there. What's it matter? It's, it's like a big secret. Yeah, yeah. Why, why keep it a secret? Why not help and educate others? Uh, and that's where Dan's really good. Like you can go to Dan and say, look, I'm having an issue with this. And he'll go, okay, try this or do this or, you know, have out this. And blah. and he'll spend time and go through it. And it's all free. Like he doesn't charge you anything. He just, you know, you sit there. I can sit there for half an hour and chat with him and, and you know, you get a lot of information out of the guy and he's happy to share. He'll give, he'll give his right arm to you basically to say, to help you out. Um, and I think that's why he gets a lot of people going there because he's that sort of person. He really wants yeah. to help others achieve and, and get, you know, do well. And that that definitely helps. He's probably not. He's probably there to help you and not just try and push products to you exactly. and, and push it down that way. So exactly. uh, that's really good. So I might have to have a chat to Dan. He's very popular at the moment. Yeah. The last few episodes, everyone's uh, getting a lot of work off him and. Uh, so yeah, have you looked into? Do you do PPF? Uh, not at the moment. No. Um, it's something I've thought about doing. Uh, I know 
I've spoken to Jared about it, um, and I, I know his issues that he faced with it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's something having a shop now is something that I would like to maybe look at doing a little bit of. How successful it'll be, I don't know yet. Obviously, because I've never done it. Um, I might probably just do it on one of my cars first and see how it turns out. A couple of cars and some wrap on. Um, so yeah, it's something I'm I am considering looking at. Yeah, yeah, it's it's not for everyone, I, I must say. And yeah, it's um there is an art to it, don't yeah. and uh, for sure. So look, I've yeah. got a guy that we use to do a lot of the PPF for us um, over in Mornington and his work's really, really good life. And he, he'd be willing to teach me. There's no issue with that. So I'd go over and spend time there. I'd go and call, he's actually with the business group as well, with the business coach. Yep. I actually got him onto, onto Pete as well. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, he's, he's really good at what he does. And you know, if anyone asks for PPF, I was going, mate, go see this guy, you know, I mean, some people think PPF's gonna is is the be all and end all, and and it's gonna look like perfect. So look, PPF will never ever look perfect. Like what Tim does is is very good at what he does, and and you know it looks exceptional, but it's still you know it's got its imperfections, which it's PPF. But you got to expect that. So yep. some people think it's they're not going to have any any imperfections. They think it's just going to be like a ceramic coat, which it's not. Um, but yeah, as long as they're aware of that, you know. But like he he does PPF and has basically no dust under the coating uh, under the the wrap. Um, you know, you might find a couple of little stretch marks here and there, but that's about it. That's he does a really really good job. Yep, good job. Yeah, no, um, yep, yeah. It's I'm I'm still learning myself, and I think we always any probably any PPF installer would be learning each day still, no matter exactly. how long they've been doing like detailing. So yeah, yeah. Um, you probably touched on it a bit about what could we improve in our industry? You reckon at the moment? Uh, I think yes. Yeah, industry, I think it just really needs people to to be willing to teach others. Yep. That that would be my biggest thing is is don't don't hide it, just help. Mm. Like I'm I'll help anyone as much as I can with the knowledge that I've got. Um you know, there's a couple of couple of guys that do contact me regular and, and want advice on things and happy to share my experience and, and give them you know what I think or what works for me. It's not necessarily going to work for you, but this is what I did, and this is how I overcome that that particular issue for me. Um, give it a try, and nine times out of ten, it works. You know, it's worked for them, and they've got rung me up. They've gone, mate, that that worked a treat. Well, there you go. Like it's you know, um, and it's just a simple thing. Like some paints, you know, as you know, every car's paint reacts differently, and 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 you don't know what the person's put on that paint beforehand and you go to buff it and it just you know peels up or it just balls up or it just can't rub the compound off because it's just stuck to it or mm. whatever the case may be and you know and they're trying to do a um a ceramic coat and they've got this residue that's just stuck there that won't come off they go i just cannot remove this residue how the hell well get no even with a 
with an IPA wipe or whatever. They just cannot get this stuff off. And I've gone, yeah, I've had that happen to me. I said, look, I've just grabbed some Angel Wax Perfect Polish, gone over it, and it's just come off. And they've just gone, okay. And they've tried it and gone, shit, it actually works. I said, well, there you go. Like, mm. and it's, whether it's just the, the, the little bit of polish in there that helps pull it off, I don't know. And then you obviously got a you know, powerful wipe down to, to coat. But yeah, it's just little things that, you, know, you think something might work and something doesn't work or doesn't go that way and change things around or whatever for whatever reason it's you know just don't know why why it reacts that way but it does mm. no interesting hopefully the compressor's not too noisy <laughs> no 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 i can't yeah. no that's good that's all right. so um all right we'll get into our um i've got six stage questions now yep not, not five of uh Threw an extra one in there. Um, upgraded. Upgraded, which everyone would have heard from last week. Um, I think you've already explained it. Your first ever detailing job was? Yeah, it was a, it was a, uh, a Jeep SRT. Oh, yeah. So it was a pretty cool oh, yeah. car, a dark grey Jeep SRT. Um, and they're still my clients. Now I've got, they've now got uh, Range Rover Sport, Chevy Silverado, other cars and toys and stuff um so yeah they, they're still my clients um which is great so yeah i mean i a lot of my work is based off new work obviously i don't do a lot of like jaron that has regular customers clients that he's constantly going back to washing uh, mm-hmm. mine's more the newer newer clients a lot of the time you know they buy a new car they want a ceramic coat Etc. Um, or people selling their cars do a lot of pre-sales, but but they they end up being a client long term, not on a weekly, monthly basis, but on a maybe once a year or twice a year basis sort of thing. Um, so they do come back. They like the quality of work. So that's sort of it. how you going with new, the new cars that are coming through? What what's the pain on them like? Is it is it getting worse? Like in so, not so much finish or how it's left the dealership these days yeah yeah look i had a brand new sq8 come in um and i was actually surprised that i don't know what happened but there was like pigtail marks in the rear quarter hmm. how the hell that i don't know but obviously something's happened there and they've tried to buff it with a rotary buffer or <laughs> whatever and there's little pigtails there i'm like it's a bit odd but yeah i mean that, that's a you know two hundred and thirty thousand dollar car and there was a few scratches on the bonnet on there as well, um, which we had to get out. Um, it's just sort of, yeah, really, really weird. You know, um, I, hear, I hear different stories of the the quality of the car, the new cars now. Like Obviously, the dealers are just kicking them out the door and not really doing too much to them. Obviously, they're getting paid and, and sending it. So, Yeah, pretty much. I think I think it's more the fact that, because there's such a long wait on cars at the moment and people are just wanting the car and, and the dealers are just like, they don't really care. They just, they've ordered the car, they've paid for it months ago or whatever. Um, once it gets here, it's like, well, here's your car. I want to take it now. Bang. It's gone. There's, there's no, I don't think they really do much of a pre-sale delivery these days. Mm. Quick wash and see you later. Yep. Yeah. That's what it appears to be. So. Which in a sense is actually kind of good in some respect. Um, because 
you know, they can do more damage with what they do anyway half the time when they're trying to do stuff. I, I, you know, like I had a brand new um, Land Rover Discovery that they they picked up, and I said, look, I can't get it into ceramic coat for two weeks. I said, just drive it. Do not wash it. Do not do anything with it. Just drive it. Yep. Don't touch it. So there, it came it came in. It was pretty dirty. So we, you know, did a snow foam and decontamination and everything else. And and it was it was in reasonable condition because it hadn't been touched basically. So yeah, we sort of just obviously fine tune the, the paint and and uh, coated it. So yeah, yeah, I've done the same. Yeah, when you can't get them in, said so, yeah, you can still drive it. But yeah, just try avoid washing it and um yeah otherwise you'll just do more damage in between so exactly and it just creates more work for yourself yeah yeah Yeah, they're all they want it coated as soon as possible but can't always get you in that quick so that always helps yeah um what's your favorite polisher what are you what are you been using uh for me i like the i've got the flex da force rotation um the five inch is it five or five and a quarter inch, whatever they are? Yep. Um, that's my favourite tool. Um, I just love the way it works. It's little vibration. It cuts through anything. It, it doesn't stall on you. It just does what it has to do and get the job done. So, um, yeah, I, I sort of went went from uh, the cheap $99 super cheap <laughs> buffer, which I still own, I still have, um, Actually, it actually blew up on me how long ago? Oh, about two months ago, it blew up on me. I still use it, but not for polishing. I actually yep. use it. I'll put a, um, a brush head on it. So I use it for agitating the carpet. Yep. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, instead of having it on a drill, I yep. just use that. So you can use one hand and you can just go over the carpet, agitate the carpet, lift the dirt out and then vacuum it. Um, works brilliant for that. But uh, I don't, yeah, I don't use it for buffing cars after... You know, six hours you get off and your arms are vibrating, your hands are tingling <laughs> and whatever else. So the um, yeah, the, the Flex DA Force Rotation Polishes, is, I've got three of those. Um, so we use those and, yeah, that would be my, probably my favourite. Yeah. Go-to. Have you got one of the, the little Flex? PXA, yeah. Yeah, the 80 ones, yeah. Yep, yep got that. Now I've got a, a battery... Um, six inch or five inch battery one as well um flex just a normal da that's great for for using as a, a polisher yep run around the car really quick with that polish and you know use a polishing pad on there um works really well um you can use it as a cutting as well which i you know, obviously do from time to time but it's good for using it as a polisher yeah very nice um do Angel Wax have they? They got their line of pads as well, don't they? They were bringing them out. I've test tested some pads out uh, that they were bringing out. They're not actually in Australia at the moment, but I think they're on their way, I believe. Um, so yeah, so Dan had some that he had sent over. Uh, got me to try some out. They work well. I liked a couple of them that he had there. Uh, but yeah, we're still waiting for for those to come back. Yeah. So. All right. Um, well, you've probably just talked about it. your favourite detailing tool or product. Oh, detailing we- tool yep. or product. Yep. So this is going to be a bit out of the uh, the ordinary, 
my favourite product would probably be Eurable or Eurable, yep. which is a, a detailing app. And Jared actually got me onto that one. Uh, I believe Glenn uses it as well. Um, that is a great business tool for bookings, um, keeping track of money coming in because you book the job in, you put all the details in, you can set up your um, standard products uh, or services and it, with the prices and it automatically goes on there. Um, you can adjust the price if, accordingly if you need to. It sends out a message to the customer that it's been booked in and the day that it's booked. You can also have it to set a reminder up one day or two days beforehand. I have mine set it two days beforehand um, as a reminder that they've got a booking coming up, just like you, you know, you book your doctor's appointment and then they mm. get a reminder sent out. Um, so it's really good for that because it keeps people basically kind of eliminates them having an excuse for forgetting that they've got an appointment if yep. it's two weeks down the time in down the track because they've got a reminder saying, hey, you've got an appointment in, in two days' time. So that sort of eliminates that no show a lot more. Yep. Yep. No, that's interesting because um, they, Eurable, um, the, the owner of that was on Rennie Dawes' podcast the other week. So I listened to it and I thought, oh, it's just a detail software because um, there's another one out there as well. But they're, to me, I thought they were American-based and I know they are branching out and Eurable did say that they were sort of trying to head this way. Um, yeah, it is an American-based product still. Um, so a lot of it is sort of based around the American market, but it is also fairly adaptable for Australia at the moment as well. So, yeah. yeah. Do they do clients go on there and book or you book them in separately and then send all the details through and the reminders? In that yeah, way? so you, you book them in. Well, well, the way I work it, I, I'm not sure if you can have it that way. Jared would probably know more about that than me, actually. He's yep. sort of more into that. But, um, yeah, I, you know, someone will ring up and while they're on the phone or they'll come in into the shop and I'll just jump on the computer, put the details in. So it's good because it, it gives you all the information you need. So you get their name, you get their phone number, you get their email, all the crucial information that you need um, for the future sort of reference. Yep. Uh, and then you fill in all the details, you know, you fill in what, what car it is, it tells you everything, you know, and you just fill, fill it all in and, and put the times in and a lot. So, and it's very simple. The only critique I'd have with the program, and hopefully they will try and do something with that, is it's not compatible with zero. So yeah, it's compatible, yeah. yeah, it's compatible like zero for your um, accounting software, so yep. uh, invoices. Um, it's compatible with uh, QuickBooks, I think. Oh, yeah. Um, but not zero. So, yeah, if, it's, if it was compatible, then basically it makes it much easier to do an invoice because at the moment I will do the booking and everything with Eurable and then once they've done that and they've paid, then I'll do an invoice on Zero, which then is set up for the, you know, my accountants and bookkeepers and that because they work with Zero, So that just makes it simple for them. So I kind of have to 
in a sense, double hand handle that side of it a little bit, but yep. like it takes five seconds to go into zero and type out an invoice anyway. It's like no, no big deal. But that'd be about my only critique with the program. Did you just sign up online or did you have someone in Australia to talk about it with? Um, yeah, just sign up online. Yeah. 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 So they've got different levels. I'm on the, the higher, the pro level. Uh, I think it's 140 a month around there, I think it is, to, to have it. Um, pretty sure it's 140 a month. Um, I was on the other one, which is about 70 bucks a month, but it doesn't give you as much detail for services and stuff. So I'll end up just going the full pro. Yep. And yeah, that's like I said, it's simple, it's good. My, my daughter learned a lot about it, so she sort of took control of that and sort of taught me a bit. Um, so she, yeah, she went through all the tutorials because they're pretty good with their tutorials. They've got a lot of information out there to learn how to use the program and, and get the maximum benefit out of it. So it's good. Are you loving the program? Is it a good benefit day in, day out for you? Yeah, yeah. Compared to for what me, you Yep. Yeah, yeah. Compared to beforehand where I just had basically a diary and I would, you know, book a job in and be in my diary um, and I'd have the, the price there. But this, this program is a quick reference to tell you how much you're getting for the month, basically. So every job that books in for that month, it adds on to the, the total of the month. So you, you, I can go in there now, two seconds later, I know exactly where my target is for the month um, and what I've, what I've got there, what I'm gonna earn for that month. Um, it, um, yeah, it's good like that. So whereas before in my diary, I would have to, add it all up, mm. you know, day to day and then work out, oh, where am I at and what am I at? This does it automatically. So it's a quick reference to quickly go in there and go, bang, oh, yeah, that's where it's at, cool. Um, I, I need to make more money here. I need to try and do this or whatever to, to get my target. Yep. So it is, is a good good reference. Is it um, desktop-based or can it be on an app as well? Both. Both, Both. Yep. yeah. So I've got it on my phone. So I could be out, which I've many a time I have been out at a car meet or whatever um, and someone's going, oh, you know, yeah, can you detail my car? And, you know, oh, when can I book it in? I can get on my phone and go bang, bang. Yeah, I've got this, this, this available. You know, oh, okay, cool. So you can, yeah, be, be out and about and do the same thing and book it in. It's oh, not a problem. So, yeah. Very cool. But, yeah, if anyone is interested in that, um, check out the Rennie Door podcast. It was only on the other week. Um, I'm 100%. And, um that was a couple episodes ago. So, yeah. The other, um, the other good thing with it too is it, it breaks it down. So it, just say a job carries over to the next day. So it's just say you're doing ceramic coat. Like you can do a ceramic coat in the one day. But when I book it in, I'll book a ceramic coat in, say, 8.30 in the morning, and it can be picked up the next day at 2 o'clock onwards. So what the program actually does is just say, for instance, the ceramic coat's two grand. So it'll go, all right, so one grand for, say, Monday, one grand for Tuesday. It's not just all in the one day. It breaks up. And if that went over three days, then it'll break it down again over a three-day period. Yep. So each day you know that amount of money for that particular job for each day. So yep. sort of, yeah, it's good like that. It actually breaks everything down a lot more. Income per day. Sort yeah. Of, yep. Yeah. Yep. 
And is that most jobs, most coding jobs you'll have overnight to cure? Every, and, every coding job I do, yeah, I'll keep overnight. Yep. So, yeah, yeah, I don't let them go the same day. Um, and, yeah, I just, like I said, I, I like to have them overnight um, and just in that climate control so I know that it's what it is, you know, yeah. it's, it's all controlled. Angel wax don't need um, curing lamps or anything in between? No, you can, you can use them. You don't yep. have to. You can use them. Um, I don't have one myself at the moment. I probably will get one. But, look, most people are happy just to wait the next day anyway. Mm. So it's not yep. a, that big a deal. A, ideal, I mean, obviously the, the curing lamps are better because it bakes from the inside out. So it's sort of curing the inside of the, the coating, making it hard and then coming out. So it's a lot quicker. Um, but, yeah, look, I just say, look, they pick it up, don't wash it for the first seven days, all good. You know, like it can get wet, whatever, that's fine, but just don't physically wash it for the first seven days. Yep, 100%. Same as how I roll as well, so it's good. Um, all right, biggest tip for any detail starting out? Uh, get a business coach. Mm. <laughs> really like or find someone that that's able to help and and you know guide you in in the right direction so you don't make stupid mistakes i mean you're always going to make mistakes along the way that's that's inevitable but reduce those mistakes as much as possible and get get quality advice that's that's the key mm -hmm. to it to any business is um not just jump in willy-nilly thinking oh look i know how to detail a car so now i know how to run a business that's no. <laughs> totally, totally different. Two different areas, two different mindsets, two different areas. It's just different. Um, you know, I see it. a few people have done it and they've jumped into it and think, oh, you know, I've quit my job. I'm just bought a factory. I'm going to, you know, detail cars for a living. And they're struggling, you know. They're like, and, and have a business model. Mm. You know, know what you want. Have that business model set from the start and the business coach will help help determine that so he'll he'll ask you you know what do you want to do what are you after you you know so you've got to sit down and really think about what sort of detailing business do you want um don't try and copy someone else because it's never going to work mm. you can copy their ideas and what they've got and this and that but you're not going to be able to mimic everything they do because they run the business different so that's you know like i know it's probably a bit long-winded and boring this, this session but talking no, about no. Uh, <laughs> talking about that the boring side of business but it's that's the part that people need to sort of really understand it's the, it's the real side of it and uh, we can all um, make cars shiny but yeah are you really that successful with, and um making a dollar at the same time for exactly. probably the reason why you want to do it so yeah and, and the other thing is someone that is planning on starting a full-time business and they've been detailing on the weekends, don't have that mindset that all the cash is yours mm. because it's not. The, the tax department want their money <laughs> and they're going to catch up with you one day. Yep. If, you're not, if you're not doing the right thing, they're going to catch up. Um, you know, so that's, that's the biggest mindset that a lot of people sort of run into, I think, is they've gone from part-time work or, or full-time work to 
part-time weekend detailing to going, well, I'm going to detail because I'm making good money on the weekend. I'll make a couple of grand on the weekend detailing cars. So I want to do that during the week, but then they're still got that mindset of that's all my money. I'm spending all that money. They're paying bills and everything. But then when it comes to tax time, how have you paid for all those bills when you're not claiming an income? Yep. You know, how have you done this or how are you paying for that? Or what do you, so yeah. Um, and that's where business coach comes in handy too. He really, you know, makes you, make you, makes you accountable for what, what you need to do and do it right. Otherwise you will get caught. Yep. Yeah. Can't say I got caught, but back in the day I was, when I was running, I was never good with books and numbers. So um, it didn't really work for me. But then once I got into it now, my wife works in a bank and, um, she knows numbers and does all our books. So it's, it helps massively. And now we're sort of ramping up from uh, that sort of side gig stage and then preparing for when we do take the leap and uh, go full time. It's sort of everything's your numbers are up where they should be and your hourly rate is where it should be. And, and no surprises when you go to full time and people go, Oh, wow. Now you're charging triple or double compared to. Yeah. Well, that's it. And, and also the fact that like, if, if you're not, running a relatively, uh, I'll say, honest business when it comes to wanting a loan or buying something, it just makes it so much harder because yeah. the banks are going to go, well, mate, you want to buy a, a you know, $50,000, $60,000 car, how are you going to pay for it? Where's where's your income? What's going on? You know, if you've earned... You may have earned, you know, a couple hundred grand a year or whatever cash or 200 <laughs> grand cash, but you can't go to a bank and go, well, look, I've just earned all this money. Where's the proof? Yep. You know, you need to be sensible about it and, mm. and sort of, you know, because there's going to be a time when you want to get a loan or, or do something. Yep. Um, so, yeah, so just got to be a bit, a bit smarter about it. Yeah. Cash is good, but it can't. You, cash is great. You got to show something. You got to put yeah, something through the books. Exactly. Cash is great. And I, I was, look, I don't get as much cash now as what I used to. When I was at home, I used to get heaps. Yep. When I was working from home. Not so much now. I've got, I mean, I've got the FPOS machine here and, and that sort of stuff. And being a, a more of a professional shop, um, the cash sort of has dropped off a little bit. I still get a bit, but even that, I'll still put cash in the bank, even. Because even doing that will still make the, the tax department and that think, well, he's being honest mm. because even though he's got cash, he's physically still going to put some in the bank anyway. So whether I keep a bit on the side doesn't really matter. But, um, it just makes it look a bit more honest and professional. Yeah. And, and much, better for, much better for your business, really. Yeah. Like my business coach, we're big on get the cash, keep the cash, grow the cash. Mm. And, and that's what I did. I mean, I've gone from a, a $30,000 investment at home to this factory, which I won't tell you how much I put into this place. You're right. But, but quite, a, quite a substantial amount, put it that way. Yep. So, um, yeah, and, and if I hadn't have done that through listening to the, having the right advice, then I wouldn't be where I am now. Yep. I think Pete, Pete's number might be running hot after this episode, I think. Could, <laughs> could be, could be. Well, but, it's, open, uh, it's probably opened up a lot. It's opened my eyes up because I hear the word, yeah, coach and stuff, and and even yeah, the mental side of things. But um, 
yeah, it's it's interesting. That's why we talked about it offline, and I always wanted to find out more about it myself. So, and I'm yeah. sure everyone else does too. Yeah, yeah, and like I said, like I, I built this on the vision that I wanted, um, with the help with Pete, obviously over the period of time, um, and my next three year vision is you know sort of on track for where I want to go. Um, but yeah, for me, like I said, I built a showroom which I don't think there's any other detailing place in Australia. I could be wrong. I don't know, obviously, but that has a showroom like I have. Mm. Um, and I'm not trying to brag or anything like that. But like I said, for me, it, it was something, my vision that I wanted people to walk in and have an experience here, not just a transaction. Yeah. Because a lot of places, it's just a transaction. This is actually something that people walk in and go, wow, this is a cool place. It looks 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 good you know people i can invite car clubs down and we can hang out they can sit down we can talk about detailing because there's so much crap out on the you know social media with regarding how, how to detail my car when people get on a car group page as jared's uh, jared's mentioned yesterday <laughs> um there's so much crap out there and um you know like i can invite car clubs down we can sit down we can talk discuss ceramic codes and benefits and whatever else over a coffee i've got a coffee machine here i can make coffee for people like freshly ground coffee um yep. i love i love my coffee so i've got a nice coffee machine here to, to do that um you know then i can usually I'll, I'll say okay let's grab one of your cars and we'll wash it i'll go through the process of, of how to wash a car properly you yep. know um but it's not it kind of is, in a sense, to get more business, but at the same time, it's to educate people, you know, on how to wash a car. I had a guy, we had, I had a must, the Mustang Club come down uh, about a month ago now, um, and we're going through ceramic coats, talking about discussing ceramic coats, the benefits, and, you know, how we do it, et cetera, et cetera. Then I washed one of their cars, and this guy said, oh, I can wash my car. And his car was already pretty clean, as it was. And then I found out he'd been, he was, he was a detailer. Um, <laughs> and, but yeah, for 20 years or something, he was a detailer. So I'm like, okay, no worries. So I started washing his car and, and, you know, doing the wheels and that. And at the end of it, he goes, wow, he goes, I've just, just learned so much from that. Mm. He was amazed at how much he actually learned from me washing the car, the way I, the processes that we do and what we do and, and so forth. So, wow, he goes, you just opened my eyes up even more. I couldn't believe, you know, because the car looks shinier now, like than when I than he details it. Yeah, you know, it's just just with the product and a simple product. It was literally, I, I just did a, a wash and wax. Yep. Um, I used a product called Nano Skin Supercharger, which is a a rinse a rinse wax yep. with a ceramic uh, infusion in it. Um, and yeah, it lasts. Well, I put it on my car, one of my cars. When, beat up caddy um and i get you know up to six months out of it oh, just from that spray i mean the car's garaged at night so obviously it sort of gets protected at night but you know i'll, I'll get up to six months out. it works really well so and it's literally a, such an easy product to use yeah spray on rinse off dry done and it yep. bleeds like a ceramic coat that's what you and want yeah and shines like a ceramic coat pretty much nearly so it's really good really good product it's probably a good good tip in there for if you are building a, um, a studio or, or factory or shop um 
it make it multi-purpose sort of like have a showroom or an area where you can bring in people and um, open nights and stuff like that for um, clubs and stuff to, to help show what you can do. And then it, it's good um, promotion for your business as well and, and to look apart. Definitely, definitely is. Um, and, and like I said, I, I don't know if there are many other shops in Australia like that or not. I haven't seen any. Um, but again, like I don't go looking every mm. five minutes to, to see, but uh, like this showroom here is, uh, was it? I think it's seven and a half metres by nine and a half metres. Oh, yeah. So it's a decent sized sort of showroom. Yeah. Um, a little kitchenette in there and, and some products on display and so forth. So, uh, it's, but it's just neat, clean, tidy. It's all colour matched to my my um, identity, um, identity branding. Um, yeah. So, like the carpet I got in here, carpet tiles. I found online and I like the colour and because it matched my my identity um, and I sort of ordered it and then found out that luckily I ordered it early because they had none in stock. They had to make a special run for me and it's from Italy. Oh, wow. So I was like, oh, shit, okay. <laughs> so, so I had to wait a month for that to come. Um, like I said, this place took three months to build, so that sort of worked out well. Everything everything worked out pretty much perfect for the, to the day to, yep. to get ready for the open day. So that was, it was good. Is it easy to get the cars in and out or is it just the photos you see online? It looks. Yeah. So I've got a big bifold door set up where the, um, we, we can sort of see that where it says pick up bay, your reflection in our perfection. That's, that's a big bifold door there. So that all opens up. Yep. Um, so it takes a little bit of a shuffle to sort of turn the car a few times to get in and out of there, but it's not that. Like, it takes five minutes to get a car in. So yeah. not that big a deal, um, especially when the cars are sort of staying here long term. It doesn't really matter. No. But, yeah, again, like stuff like that, I, I end up getting secondhand. They're brand new, but secondhand because they went to a job site, those windows, door, bifold doors. Um, they went to a job site which were wrong for whatever reason. I don't know if it's what size or whatever it was. So they were perfect size for what I wanted. So I managed to get them for like four grand. Um, I inquired through Steg Bar and they were like 13 grand, oh. same same size door. So I'm like, you know what? <laughs> At least I saved something. Yeah. yeah. So. I mean, I had to get glass fitted. That was another thousand bucks to get some glass fitted in them because they didn't have glass. But um, they're still a hell of a lot cheaper than mm. than what I was quoted. So it looks good. Yeah, very good, very impressive. Um, just probably to finish on your interests outside of detail, what what do you get up to on your time away? Uh, so yeah, I enjoy a bit of mountain bike riding now, which is something my business coach got me into. Um, I was getting a bit frustrated over COVID with all the stuff that was going on with um yeah all the crap that was going on I was just doing my head in and I needed an outlet so I was I do like motor racing a bit so I've got a one of my cars is an Audi S3 um which is tuned so that's a quick little car zero to 100 is 3.7 seconds um so I like to take that around Sandown uh that COVID hit, so that sort of put a stop to that. I was supposed to go for a track day the day we got we went into lockdown. The first first lockdown, the very first lockdown. There was a track day event on the Friday. I booked it. 
and they were talking about the lockdowns and I'm just like, don't you dare, don't you dare. And then freaking that midnight that day was the lockdown and I've just gone, oh, that pissed me off. So, um, yeah, then, then it got rescheduled to the August and then we got out of lockdown and we we're just about to do the track day when it's lockdown again. Another one. So I lost that track day and, yeah, that was a long sort of stint of lockdown there. So I was getting really angry and frustrated because I just couldn't do what I wanted to do. I, you know, mm. And I loved driving around the racetrack and having some fun. So uh, Pete sort of introduced me to e-bikes, e-mountain bikes. Yep. Said, I'll come out and have a, have a ride, you know, clear your head, see what you reckon. So, okay. So I went out for a ride and um, borrowed a bike from the bike shop and uh, came back. I, actually, funny thing was, I, I mean, I, I'm 51 now. Um, so I was 50 when I jumped on the e-bike for the first time in, in how many years. So it was a bit of an experience up at Red Hill, going through the hills there. It's quite hilly, um, quite track, you know, a lot of hard tracks up there. Um, so I was going down the first track and came into the first corner. I'm used to dirt bikes, so I'm sort of leaning over the front handlebars, washed out on me, <laughs> crashed. I'm like, oh, you're kidding me. So they've all, you know, taken off and then I've jumped on the bike again. I've gone to ride and I'm like, hey, something's missing. Couldn't work out what was missing. Hang on, I've got no fucking back brake. Uh-huh. Broke the lever. And I'm like, oh, shit. So I caught up to them and I said, oh, they've got broke the back brake lever. And they've gone, oh, you can't keep coming where we're going then. Like, you know, this, the tracks we go down, you need your you need your brakes. I'm like, no, no, I'll be right, I'll be right. They go, no, you need your brakes. I'm like, okay. So I just rode around sort of the area I was in, you know, nice and easy for a little bit while they were off, off riding and then met them back, back at the car park and whatnot. Um, but then, yeah, pretty much I basically went, followed one of the guys back to his place where he he's, um, sells the bikes and he had one there, so I bought one straight away, um, which was, yeah, quite a little expensive investment. <laughs> they're pretty cool, though. I've heard a mate, a bit weird, but they would be good fun. Yeah, look, these this thing was 10K. Yep. Yeah. So it's, um, you know, like it was a good good bike. It's got a lot of good options on it. So I was like, yeah, look, let's just do it. And then... Um, yeah, so I got into basically what sold me on it was we were riding up the first bit of a track and there was guys on normal mountain bikes riding up there and we just cruised past them. Mm. Like that was sort of standing still type thing. And I'm going, I like this. Yeah. <laughs> this, this is good. Yeah. <laughs> you know, going past these guys like that, oh, well, this is cool. So that's sort of what sold me pretty much straight away, really. Um, and then, yes, yeah, so I rode that for seven months about seven months or so and then i end up buying a normal mountain bike as well so i spent another little fortune on that one <laughs> uh so yeah but so now i've got the two so i can actually if i had a bought a normal one initially there's no way i'd be riding now because yeah. i would have given up mm. like at, at the age of 50 getting out on a mountain bike for the first time going up hills like we we're going up forget it I just would not do it. I would have been out of breath, killing myself, going, this is just stupid. Um, but having the e-bike first and then going back down to that bike because I know I can build my fitness up to get better on an e-bike now as well. Yep. So, and it, it, yeah, that's good. good fun. So they're, they're probably my two main sort of 
well, what my main things was was the motor racing and that. Um, spending time with the family, obviously. Um, going out for, for dinners and things like that when we can, when we book them in, uh, schedule it into our diaries. Um, but yeah, pretty much. Very nice. My, my outside interests and hanging out with positive people. Yep. Yeah, there's nothing better than, yeah, there's enough negativity on online these days. So if you can hang out with the positive people that. Yeah, um, look, I, I don't watch the news, so I don't even know what's going on in the world. Same. 90, 99% of the time. Like my wife, when there was floods in um, in Sydney uh, a few months back, whatever it was, my wife said, oh, have you, um, have you called your sister? I've gone, no, why? She goes, well, all the floods in Sydney. I said, what floods? <laughs> I had no idea. I said, I don't watch the news. How do I know? She goes, oh, it's playing floods up. And I'm like, is there? I'm like, okay. So I just had no clue because I just don't don't listen to it. Yeah. You know? um, and that, that helped clear my head as well. So it's sort of, yeah, just put myself in the right headspace, focus on the right things I need to focus on, which is the business, um, and then just keep moving forward. And there are only little steps, um, but it's always better to go, little steps forward than, than going backwards. Come back. Um, and, yeah, yeah, you can't believe half the stuff on the news these days anyway. No, exactly. So exactly. I listen to an app every morning, but that's that's as far as it goes for about five, seven minutes, and that that's my news. I don't sit down and watch it. Yep. So it's, yeah, I've changed too. Yep, yep. It, it's just, it does. It, it puts negative thoughts into your head. It really does. Um, I don't think... Even when I did watch the news years and years ago, there's nothing ever positive on there. Mm. Maybe the end story where you know the the new dog rescue was found a you know home for a new dog or whatever, and you know they've got this dog playing. That's probably about the, the most you know sort of good new, good news story you sort of see on there. That and the weather, yep. and even the weather can't be good half the time because it's raining. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah. Oh, well, well, we might as well um, finish on that positive note. So, um, yeah, thanks, Steve, for your time. It's been, I think it's, everyone should take out a fair bit out of this one, I reckon. And it is a bit more business related. I probably didn't mention it at the start, but I think you can all guess where that was heading. So, and I think that was, um, it's a good episode, um, bit off from the normal, which is good. And that's sort of, I'm trying to mix it up, but um, yeah, we'll, um, we're still working on stuff like that. Yeah, well, hopefully, yeah, like I said, it's, it's, it's good for people that, that are looking at starting out to, to understand what business actually is. And it's not just about, look, I can detail a car, so I know what I'm doing. Mm. There's so much more to it. There really yep. is. Um, and a lot of people that, you know, sort of have started, they've, they've learned like, you know, um, Glenn, mm. um, Jared, you know, we're all learning so much more now having business coaches understanding what business is really about. Yep. Yeah. yeah, I think the times have changed from, from years ago. Yeah, oh, definitely. Compared to what we used to do. So um, I think it's it's a good thing. So, um, but yeah, there is other pods out there as well for um, other detailing business related stuff as well. So um, probably one I did not mention the other week was, I could have mentioned it, was the business of... Um, the business of detailing, I think I might have mentioned it. So um, it's Jason from Chicago Auto Pros. So he's just put one out the other week. So they're starting to get back into um, producing more more of that stuff. And um, 
Yeah, yes, I watch a, I watch a fair bit. I have his stuff on here all the time mm. in my factory, and you know, we'll sit down and watch it in our lunch breaks and stuff. Um, so yeah, they're the sort of guys that I like to watch because they are educating people. Yeah. Um, you know, even that ammo. Yep. He, he's got some good information. Can be a little bit boring from time to time, but you know, he's still got some good quality information in there. Um, and that's the sort of thing you need to look at is if you're starting out, look at those sort of guys, they'll, they'll really sort of help, you know, sort of give you an idea of how to do stuff. Yep. Cause they've done it and been there and they're still there and the size of their, um, or Jason's, um, Chicago auto pros is, is huge now. So oh, it's massive now. Yeah. yeah that new shop. So he, he's, um, he's definitely done it and doing it. So he, he can tell you how it is. So and he's a pretty genuine bloke and tells it like it is. So even mm. better. All right, we'll wrap it up and uh, yeah. So how how can anyone reach out to you, Steve, as well? Um, yeah, just either Facebook on Iconic Car Detailing, um, Instagram Iconic Car Detailing, website same again. Just type it in, it'll come up. Um, yeah, we're pretty easy to get hold of. I'm happy to chat with any other details if they want to have a chat about anything. By all means, give us a call or whatever. Um, happy to chat about things. I'm not. Yeah, I'd like I said. I, I don't know everything. I claim to know everything, but if I can help someone, great. You know, I'm happy to help. You yep. know, give advice of what I can do. So, and yeah, there's you know, like I said, other the other guys that have been on the show, they're they're the same. They're willing to help others as well. Um, but yeah, th- th- then you've got the other some. Yes, you've got two types of guys in this industry. You've got the ones that are trying to keep it a secret, and the ones that are willing to help. Mm. So, you know, um, but yeah. Yep. And fortunately, not everyone wants to come onto a podcast either. So, and come and oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're the ones that are trying to keep it a secret. So. Yeah, they are. Yeah. <laughs> so, but that, all good. All right. Um, thanks, everyone, for listening. And um, yeah, we'll, um, we'll ch- chat next week and we'll um, have another episode for you. So, thanks again, Steve, and we'll talk soon. You're welcome. Good, good song to you. Yep. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Cheers. That was another episode of the Detailing Down Under podcast. Subscribe now for everything auto detailing in Australia.